Well, hello, everybody. <laughs> that was weirdly like Doink the Clown. Um, <laughs> oh, Welcome. Uh, again. Yeah, no, that's a false start there. We're going to take that back five yards penalty. We'll throw the. Uh-huh. Ha! Welcome, everyone. We are back together to do the Biconics Review of Honor this week. It is Jesse, it is Mikey, it is myself, JBL, and we are here to review Ring of Honor from the 22nd of February, 2024. Uh, This was episode 52 on Honor Club, and gentlemen, I am so happy that we get to review a show that knows how to put together types of tournaments and storylines and actual character work while also mixing in botches and horrible upsets and other things that can be really terrible. It's everything I want in a wrestling show. But before we get to that type of stuff and our thoughts on this, because they're not facts, they're our opinions, uh, I want to go into the fact that we do want you to join us and listen to all of our different opinions on this channel. Follow us on all of our socials at BC WrestlePod. Make sure you check out the Twitch channel for all our live reviews there. We also would love for you to follow us here on social uh, not on social media on youtube and uh, subscribe to the channel click that alert bell so you get all the notifications of when all of our stuff goes up every single day of the week because we review everything and of course the final big thing other than our patreon which we would love for you to join if you have little to give and would like to see us do more things with this is uh some gentlemen from our our group are going to be down in new jersey in may uh around the 18th uh going to be down at uh, new jersey WrestleCon, and we're going to be having a table so you can come meet us and and do everything else or just follow us to the wrestling event and see what we get involved with because hopefully we get to meet our fan our stars that we love so much out there as well um but in general that i think is everything on the table for our housekeeping mikey i believe i'm I'm right there yep that pretty much covers it and jesse i got everything too because you were on me last week yeah it's as far as i i remember perfect mikey's got me nice and Moving like an oiled machine here. Hands in, gentlemen. We are about to put the code of honor to, to task here because we're jumping into Ring of Honor right now. And we start our night with the women's television title tournament. As favorite, I would say favorite, Taya Valkyrie is taking on Susie Love. And uh, Susie is getting no entrance here, but it seems like in this tournament they are allowing the folks that do not either are not signed or do not get an entrance to really get a chance to work and showcase who they are. Hopefully this means maybe down the line we get a couple of these women joining the roster because they were spectacular this evening. How did you enjoy the match? We started off with that really cool pyro show, that awesome entrance with Ty Valkyrie. I was like, you know what? I'm here for this. I'm, I'm all into this match. It's got my full attention. We had a really cool split duck down to get them over the rope, which we hadn't seen I, at least since, the, I don't know, the Molina days. So I, that was a really cool spot. Uh, we have the that power bomb on the apron, which, I mean, somebody can somebody correct me? What is the hardest part of the ring? Uh, it's the ring post, right? Oh, I mean, it can be if it's used correctly. <laughs> oh, man. oh, that's the barricade. Yeah, there we go. Either way, that thing looked like it hurt, and I, I, I loved it. We, we, um, they talked about the Ian Rick, uh, Caprice and Riccoboni. They talked about Sussy Love being in a luchador promotion beforehand and earning all these titles and doing really good work around there, which really helped me buy into not only her character but her work. But it showed because it looked like her and Taya had such good chemistry. It seemed like they had worked together before, and it just it, it made this match that much better. It was a great way to start to know this was this short the show. That was awesome. 
That's amazing. Um, I'll go back to what you said beforehand, though. Um, because I think of the styles that they were working, it gave Taya that uh, that ability to work in a style she knows and a style she's comfortable in versus having to work a slower WWE style. It was nice to see her actually pick up the pace. This, this was a fantastic match and a great way to start the show. There we go. Got it that time. And, you know, it just, for me, it was, uh, it was a preview of, of great things to come. It was. Mikey, did you also enjoy uh, the basically who this title is named after, as she said at the end there, that it's her initials on that title. Did you enjoy Taya uh, taking down Susie Love? I really, really enjoyed it, especially because I appreciate that Ian and Caprice brought up the fact that both of these women have spent time in Mexico wrestling, which is really important because people tend to forget that Taya was trained by the legend himself, Pedro Aguayo, which is a big name in Lucha Libre. And oh, that she's bilingual, as they were saying. Exactly. Like she spent a lot of time there. I love this match. You know, I and I'm going to repeat this for a lot of the uh, first round matches for the Women's World TV tournament. Yep. This, I'm going to be saying it all the time, but this was awesome. And even though we knew who was going to end up winning... Yeah, it was it was a fun match. The opponents where, made it a good back and forth the whole entire time, and it was so good. Isn't it funny when you actually allow the jobber to do a little bit there and show what skill they have that it makes the match more entertaining? It's strange. Yeah, it's it's so good when it you know you let your talent actually wrestle and you know try not to make anything convoluted. Who knew? But I thought this was a great opening. I have to echo Andrew because he unfortunately is not here. I don't know. Taya's ring gear for this episode. Oh my goodness. It is immediately at the top five of like my favorite ring gear right now. And I want her to come out every round to be more extravagant and more over the top. Which is saying something because this was already at a 10 and she's going to be going farther. Um, I also wanted to ask, is it fair that Taya now has two moves which could be technically humongous finishers and she's got the Shania Payne, which we all love. But that hammerlock inverted Baba bomb she did to uh, Susie Love coming down on her neck like that, like that's a, a finisher in and of itself. Like, how could that not get a three count? Yeah, that, that looked a little brutal. It looks, it, the, the setup is similar to the Rampage. But yeah. it comes down even harder, so I I don't know. I thought that might have ended the match there. That's what we were hoping. <laughs> it, was, it was a great way to get that energy up. Mikey, what are you thinking here? I'm just thinking to myself, if this is what we're getting in the first round, it makes me extremely excited for what's yeah. coming next in the well, evening and in the rest of this tournament, too. Well, and that's why I love tonight, because we finally got what the next round is going to be, because the winners of this round filled out the next bracket, and the pairings are going to be insane. Uh, but we move on from Taya and Susie Love to a bit of a dip, and not just because Lee Johnson's involved. Um, you know, as we've talked about on this program, Lee Johnson for all that's gone on here, has been booked to oblivion. He's not been given a chance to shine. And when he has been given opportunities, he hasn't seemed like he's earned them enough because he hasn't been booked to be strong. So he gets this video package at the beginning to set up this huge thing, Big Shotty Lee Johnson. They've tried everything with him. He's had like the big promo thing before uh, the last uh, pay-per-view. They've tried to put him in a couple of main events and it hasn't really worked. And now he gets this like, you should like this guy pay-per-view thing. And it didn't work as well. And he's taking on Sonico who was ostensibly the heel in this thing, who was getting all the cheers and everyone's booing Lee Johnson. What is going wrong in this man's career? How can we help him? Cause he's married to, to sky blue. He's got good things going on in his life. It just isn't this. Is he married to sky blue? 
Yep. They're dating at least, last I checked. I thought there had been marriage in there, but I'm not sure. I'll have to check. Well, Either way, this this was my low of the night. Um, Lee Johnson, he's getting to the point where he's getting go-away heat, and he needs to leave for a bit because he's in every episode, either at the main event or somewhere in the very beginning, and it's just kind of tired of seeing him at this point. He's His matches are getting so formulaic, whether it's a one-on-one, a tag match, a four, five, six, 18, 24, and then a double ring match. He gets beat up for a while, then he gets a small flurry for 30 seconds and gets the win. And you, you can see it coming a while away. And there's a lot of these Ring of Honor matches where it happens, where we know who's going to be the winner, but the enjoyment is in the journey of getting there. I don't get that anymore because we know not only what's going to happen, but how it's going to happen. I, I They need to break the formula. He needs to go away for a bit. He's going to start getting go away heat very soon. <sighs> I... I don't necessarily dislike Lee Johnson. I think there's a lot of untapped potential there, but they need to give him something. They need to book him correctly. He needs to gain a little, he needs to gain a lot of charisma because you can only go so far in a wrestling company with just good, with semi decent in ring ability alone. You have to be a whole character. And I feel that he has no character. So, He's he's on the struggle bus right now. <laughs> Can I ask you a, a follow up on that thing? Because mm-hmm. uh, unlike like a Dean Malenko or you know uh, a Lance Storm, who the technical prowess carries you in certain respects, you can even like deal with that with no lack of character. Do you feel like Lee doesn't even have that level of technical ability to be able to hang his hat on? He's gotten he's mediocre at best in all things. <sighs> I think that's partially it. I think he has mastered what he's good at, but he doesn't, there's no depth to it. That's the best way I can describe it. I think at a surface level, he's a pretty good work hand. If you need to, he would be pretty good to kind of just, I don't even want to invoke any other wrestlers because I respect them way too much more (laughs) than I do with Lee right now. But he's basically a glorified jobber that you can put anybody against and it'll be okay. Like he's not really green. It's just, there's no... The depth of his wrestling swimming pool, if you will, is very, very shallow. And quite warm. But Jesse, mm-hmm. um, I did want to ask for you on this one, um, if that's the case, if he's that level of almost jobber or more than jobber, will giving him opportunities like this or putting him in other big matches even matter at that point if he can't take advantage of that his own way? I don't think so. I don't think giving him all these chances has helped. I don't think continuing to do so is going to help at all because – the thing that he's really missing, you know, the the very obsequious it factor or something like that, he doesn't give me anything to care for. He doesn't give me anything to care about. Not his wrestling style, not his character, not his promo work, not his in-ring storytelling. It, there's just nothing for me to care about. Athletic as hell, certainly done things that I probably would never be able to do, but there's just nothing there for me to care about. Exactly. And you two got me messed up, by the way, because... Sky Blue, I was very confused. I was like, that can't be accurate because I know this is Julia Hart's husband. Julia yes. Hart's husband, yes. That, I got it. Mis- Sky mis- Blue is dating Kyle Fletcher. That's what it was. Okay. Okay. I, I was going to say, because House of Black adjacent, I, I thought I knew I, this one pretty well. And I knew Lee Johnson was married. I just had the wrong person in that two woman power trip that's going on on Collision at this point. So I, that was my fault on that one. I apologize for anything on there and for misleading folks down that road. But we move on from Mrs. Julia Hart 
or Mr. Julia Hart, uh, to our next match in the women's TV tournament. I'm on fire tonight. Red Velvet taking on Sandra Moore. This was amazing. It was it was fantastic. I actually this was the first time that as I went through the matches, so I can make sure that my ratings on enchiladas because it's so important and the points really matter here are actually being based on something. <laughs> this match got a nine for me. I love Red Velvet's gear. That white and red looks really, really cool. It kind of pops in the ring there. The shotgun shotgun drop kick off of the top from Sandra Moon. I I need more of her. I need more of Sussy Love. I'd like to see them both get signed full time. Um, the scissor lock reversal to roll that back into a pin. I thought I honestly thought that that was going to take it. It was almost to the point where it's like I didn't know who was going to win, even though you know Sandra Moon didn't get an entrance. But well, I, I, I also, think that's what made this match that much better. I love that you bring that that uh, short arm scissor lock up as well because that's been like trending on uh, Instagram and Twitter this week. Because in an interview going into Elimination Chamber, Cody Rhodes was talking about the fact that no one does those moves anymore. That Hall of Fame type old style wrestling grappling move and i think this was a response to we're gonna do it and then ian and caprice the best team on on the mics are going to put it out there as like this is a big deal that someone's doing this move it's very painful and it's very hard to break out of and though it looks simple it's not and i love that that people are listening within the sphere and going oh no we're going to showcase everything in wrestling you're going to see the history and the nuance that you're going to get Uh-oh. <laughs> Mikey's revving up. We just got to turn that crank a couple more times. This was probably my favorite match of the evening. Well, one of them, at least. I'm going to be saying this a lot because there's just something about Red Velvet upon return from injury that is completely different than what she was before her injury. Yeah, it's a new yeah, injured. Well, I mean... <laughs> No, really? I did not know that. Gee, thanks, you guys. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I love that there is a, a ferocity to Red Velvet now. And she hits more snug and she hits harder than she has before. And I kind of want her to keep this semi-quasi-strong style going for her because it's working for me. I was going to say, has she been like training with Aminata or anything else like that? The two of them are just throwing elbows like they're in the middle of, sh- of like stardom. Like It's crazy. I need these two to have a match because it would be magic. <laughs> it, it might be. But yes, of course, Red Velvet picks up the win in this and moves on in the tournament. Uh, we're going to get a couple of hard-hitting matches coming up in the next couple of rounds, too, and I think it's going to be really cool to see. We then cut backstage. This is what I'm also enjoying in Ring of Honor is they're having the follow-up promos with the winners of these matches in the tournament going on about like really forcing their character over, getting that, that hype up there. As Taya Valkyrie is talking about, like, I was very happy to see her. I'm glad, you know, another luchador is on here, but I am the original. I need competition. Give me what I need. I'm too good for this. And I was like, yes, please. Every bit of this, Taya. We need more of this from you. So much more character in a 45-second promo than she ever did in the former company, which was horrible, and I'm still bitter about that one. It is. I've got nothing nothing to add. This was a great promo, and I'd like to see more of this. And I, I kind of echo what you're saying, John. I like that they're catching up with them after the victory. I will say the one other thing I noticed in this was that Johnny TV knows where to put himself because on occasion you just get his abs behind her. So it's like Taya and like amazing abs. So it's it's kind of just fun that way. He opens his shirt on pur- or his jacket on purpose for it. Oh, yeah. But we, we transfer out of that first big promo there to one of my matches of the night. 
I absolutely <laughs> adored this match. Brandon Cutler coming out of wherever he was with Cole Cabana to take on Danhausen. And this is comedy wrestling. This is a good way to break up all the intensity of this tournament, to give you a good laugh, to really make you think, and to showcase that Danhausen's a really good wrestler when he wants to be. And Brandon Cutler is surprisingly agile. Uh, gentlemen, tell me why I'm wrong. You're, you're not. It's not my match for tonight. But you're not wrong. This was just quirky, fun, and a very entertaining match. I finally got to see the, the teeth spot that you had told me about so many months ago. Yes. Um, cursing the cold spray was just that bit of comedy. It was hilarious. And I think my favorite part, the kind of unsung part of it, was that the re-announcer said, claiming to weigh over 300 pounds. I had to go back. I was like, there's no way, because I missed the beginning of the statement. It wasn't claiming. So this is what it said. It said, wrestling from somewhere very far away planning to weigh 300 pounds okay. <laughs> not claiming planning to weigh. it's like i'm gonna get there i will get there <laughs> to get me through i love dan Housen so much i'm glad he's doing his stuff in chicago as well during the next weekend where he's going to be out there like wrestling for their title and stuff but still thank you that he's on my tv screens again and Mike. and let's talk about well, i don't even know if we, we need to go into full conversation of it about i really appreciate the placement of this match in the card it's yeah. a good, I don't want to say palate cleanser, but we've had intense. We'll skip that. Intense. And now <laughs> let's like, hey, let's have a little bit of fun here to show that wrestling isn't all as serious and hard hitting all the time. It was paced really well. This match made me smile from ear to ear so much. It it had everything I wanted. It was fun wrestling. There was absurdity. And once again, Dan Housen continues to prove, yes, he's very funny in the comedy shtick, but lest we forget, there is talent behind that comedy shtick, too. Oh, my goodness. I really, really enjoyed this. I want these three to continue to fight each other for the next couple of weeks. I want to see more iterations of Brandon Cutler, Dan Housen, and Colt Gavanna. But, yeah, the cursing of the Eric can was the highlight of this match for me, I literally had to pause because I was crying of laughter. I'm like, this is so stupid, but this is the best kind of stupid. It really is. Uh, Dan Housen in general is, as you said, Jesse, a great palate cleanser and a great way to get through that thing and, and make the energy get back up in the crowd that we lost on a couple of different other occasions, which were where we shouldn't have. They kind of died for no good reason. Uh, but we we transitioned from that comedy with a bit of horror in it to extreme horror worked really well as Abaddon took on Viva Van. Now, I loved that Ian Caprice brought up the fact that Viva Van is holding six different independent titles right now. She is a world-class wrestler taking on Abaddon and actually having Abaddon get beat up quite a bit. Yeah. I will say I didn't enjoy, I don't know if I enjoy yet or not, the fact that Abaddon is speaking more that she's actually talking to the crowd. You can hear her voice. She's becoming more of a person than an entity, but that's good for her. Instead of being spoopy, she can be a wrestler and maybe push that farther. I'd like to see where that goes, but as I haven't gotten to watch a whole lot of Abaddon, I do like that there is the interaction. It's not just that that standoffish big monster character. Um, I like that they're able to... I don't know the best way to phrase it. It seems kind of like the Nyla Rose thing where they seem to be having more fun now in their yes. in their match and in the scope of the the of their the program which is wonderful um i really like the spider spot in the corner the spider stretch over the ropes because we don't see that very often at least not in the product i watch so yeah, i was very happy to kind of see that resurrected 
We uh, haven't seen the tarantula another since Tajiri. For me. This was an amazing match. Yeah, we haven't seen the tarantula since Tajiri, so that's that's been big. This match was fun. I love Abaddon. They are great. I would love for them to incorporate like what we got from the small little interview that they did with RJ City, where they were in full character. And then when we talked about important issues, like, well, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Go And just showcasing their range, which is always fun. And we know that, that they... Um, they spent a lot of time in dust in um yeah Dustin Rhodes um power power plant like boot camp uh, learning there wrestling in that little fed there really picked them up after doing a lot of stuff in the indies so I'm glad to see it's paying off I will say the one thing I did love that they have added to their repertoire is that basically black canary scream which throws yeah. people off so good such a fun thing and that underhook butterfly suplex that rebounded off the ropes was gnarly that was so it was pretty it was a pretty suplex. But yes, give me more Viva Van. I'd love to see her sign soon. Have her take on Rachel Ellering or Layla Hirsch, and that'd be a fun match. But we move on to, um, I think, if I'm hearing correctly, it was a replacement match, sort of, but kind of not, uh, seeing as that Kyle Fletcher's been having visa issues and can't get back in the country to defend his title. Uh, Ethan Page is continuing his uh, tour of I need to keep my winning streak up until I can get to Kyle Fletcher by taking on Anthony Henry, who was in New Gear this week, uh, which was a lot more personality than he usually gets. Um, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll invoke our wonderful colleague Andrew here. Unfortunately, he still came out in an AEW hoodie. We need to get him a proper one. Yes. But aside from that detractor, I really like this match. I like Ethan Page calling out Kyle Fletcher in his entrance directly to the camera. Um, I thought it was just really well worked. I was ex- not expecting it to be as good as it was. I give it an eight total just because it was that kind of high level. Anthony Henry seems to be committing to more of his moves and moving faster and more fluidly. seems like they have better chemistry. So I think Ethan Page is a good partner for him to be working with. This is a great match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I still wish Anthony Henry would find some charisma, but look, I'm never going to complain with Ethan Page on my television screen. I like Ethan. And of course, you know, given the fact that Kyle is currently having visa issues, which, you know, should say something about, I don't know, maybe finding a way to expedite should the system or maybe, ch- or, or, you know, change the way that, you know, work visas and all that good stuff should has, but that's for a different topic. <laughs> and that's for a yeah, different that, podcast. That's a maybe, podcast topic. I mean, maybe Tony Khan doesn't need to be sending out everyone from the back office to go save people on AEW Dynamite. Like he should actually allow them to do their jobs during the day instead of being on site. But that's a whole different thing. If you watch the Dynamite review, you know all about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say this for Anthony Henry. So going back to our conversation about Lee Johnson, Anthony Henry has two things going for him that Lee Johnson doesn't. One, he's more technically sound. He's more devastating in the ring. He does have a move set that can do that. But two, he's also in a tag team where he can be protected to kind of keep that uncharismatic part of him in check because J.D. Drake can kind of work that part of it. Do you feel like if Lee Johnson was put in a tag team with someone like that, he might have a better chance to get to that level and like kind of be where, you know, Anthony Henry is? I don't know, because didn't we try to experiment with Shane Taylor and that was we had to break that apart? Yeah. But I feel like Lee Johnson could be glommed on. He's like tofu. He can be glommed on anyone and kind of like become what that is. I don't, I don't know if that we... would improve it. I think it would be dead better hiding him, but I don't think it would improve him. Yeah. He needed the mouthpiece to learn from. Sorry, Mikey, go ahead. 
No, because I don't think we gave Lee Johnson enough time within the realm of Tiger Style and Shane Taylor to kind of figure out if it was going to work because they feuded for like, what, two or three episodes and then we never saw what anything else from the three of them again. So I feel like we didn't even get a chance to see if it would work. And I don't know. I don't know if. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm looking at the spectrum of Ring of Honor. If you are going to put Lee Johnson with Moriarty and Taylor. And I know they're on AEW because they're not. They're still trying to figure out the charisma, too. But top flight's also a thing, too. I honestly don't know who you put Lee Johnson with. Like, it depends on what you want his character to be. Do you want him? If we're going to honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest, even though it completely negates the styles, like if we had a weird storyline where he is studying underneath Josh Woods to, you know, better himself and then also to diversify his repertoire, which is the biggest complaint I have with Lee Johnson. I think that would be a fun storyline, but I don't know. Yeah, put him under the learning tree and have him be beat up for a while. Just kind of be <laughs> like, you know, a young boy again. That might might work. But uh, we move on from Ethan Page's win there to Queen Aminata delivering a heck of a promo against Taya Valkyrie. Those two in the next round of this tournament. I cannot wait for this. That match is going to be amazing. This this promo was amazing, and it made me want to go and watch the full interview with Renee. Which yeah. not many, not many things make me go, oh, I want to pause this and go watch it. Not that I did, but it was one of those where I had the inkling of, hey, I kind of want to see that now. I'd like to hear more from her. Exactly. That close-up is pretty cool. I said it before. I will continue to say it again. Queen has risen up to the top of my favorite women's wrestler currently in the multiverse of AEW Ring of Honor. And I forgot to mention this last week, and I also forgot to mention on Dynamite, but Queen is all elite now, so she is officially signed with the company. She had an incredible match against Anna Jay last week, which was so fantastic. Which she won, which was huge. So I am super happy, and I'm kind of sad that Taya versus Queen is coming up in the quarterfinals and not later in the tournament, but... Right. As this tournament has shown so far, even the question marks I had, I was like, why is this in the first round? As soon as I watch it, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. This is the best women's wrestling we have gotten so far in 2024, which is crazy saying that because we're barely in February at this point. But I am so excited and I'm looking forward to Queen versus Taya as well as the rest of the semifinals because Lord have mercy, it's about to go down. It really is. As we learned in the next match coming up here uh, in the tournament itself, Billy Starks versus one of Jesse's favorites, Robin Renegade. And this was one of the hardest hitting matches I've seen in this tournament. I've seen this year. I had to ask one question when I was looking at it. Um, does Robin have an advantage? Because it, when she wears her harness and you try to chop her, are you hurting your hand more on the rivets? Or is it hurting Robin more because there's metal going into her sternum? That's my question on this. Both. It hurts both. There's really no does. advantage there. I guess so. This was this was amazing. This was a 10. This was my match of the night, and not just because I'm a big Robin Renegade fan and both the Renegades, um, but just, first off, I really like Billy's jacket. I'd like to see her wear that more coming to the ring. That was really cool. But I want that Robin jacket. is 
such a natural when it comes to using those heel tactics and talking that trash like right in the face, but also in the presence of the cameras and the mic so it gets picked up. Um, the chops from Robin, they sounded like sound like gunshots, the two real big ones. Like, holy crap. The whole match was very tight, very snug, especially with the strikes. Like it was it was just absolutely vicious with that. And there was a point where I thought Robin could have won if after that lung blower, but she had a lazy pin, which works for her character because that's very much a heel tactic of you're not going to kick out, so I'm not going to put my full effort in the pin. If she right. did, I would have seen. I could have seen that you know taking Billy out there. The outside power bomb, I was very concerned for Billy because she definitely smacked the back of her head. She covered, but that was that was a lot of velocity on that. Yeah, and her her new hammerlock neck vice that she does at the end there. Just I love this match all over. This was my match of the night, one of them, but definitely on the higher end of a match of the night. I'd give this an eleven out of ten if I could. <laughs> I mean, I, there's yeah. that's there's nothing stopping you for doing so. <laughs> nothing I do have to ask one question to both of you though. Um, were you as much of a child as I was when we heard Caprice go? Well, Billy left the back door open on that pin for uh, some to escape out of, and I just couldn't stop chuckling because why not? Yeah, there were a couple of those moments here. I am not a just with this match, but like through the whole night. Yeah. This was also another highlight. My one of my matches of the night. I knew Billy was going to deliver. She always delivers for me. It was super fantastic. More importantly, though, from the standpoint of looking at the, I don't even want to say tier system for the women's roster, but this was a big litmus test for Robin, and I think she succeeded wholeheartedly. I love that they brought up on commentary that Robin had been doing a lot of singles matches, not because of anything going on within the company, but that in kayfabe, she's been trying to work herself up for this tournament. So she's been really getting the reps in, which has been kind of cool to give her motivation in that, especially as Charlotte is not around. I mean, I appreciate them retconning her being in singles matches, but I still would like to see Charlotte. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering that like, what's, what's going on there? Is she injured? Do they not have anything for her creatively? I mean, they don't have a tag division for the women, so I get it, but. Yeah, you know, I'm just I'm curious what's going on there. For me, this was Robin's absolute best showing, and I don't feel that she suffered any momentum loss in losing here, which is the first time I'm saying that because I am the biggest fan of Justice for Robin, but I don't think I need that here. I don't think it's applicable because I think both women came out of this match looking really strong. Definitely. We move on from. And I'll say it as well. This is one of my other matches of the night as well. But we move on from that to another promo backstage where uh, we have Ethan Page kind of going off and, again, calling out Kyle Fletcher, going into the fact that he's not there, what's going on. So he's smelling something in the air. Meanwhile, I love that he's slightly selling where he had cups done on his shoulder and, like, would have been worked over in the match as well. He's selling an injury going into whatever he's doing with Kyle Fletcher, and I don't know whether it's supposedly to further something or they're just seeing if this works like it's a test thing for us but i'm definitely picking up on it i just thought this was a really good cover for the visa issues for those who don't know what's going on so i enjoyed the promo for that fact i loved the slowly increasing volume that ethan page gave during this promo and you know it started out as his joking self and then he got super serious with it and now i'm frightened but in the best way possible <laughs> I'm whenever, you know, when they fix Kyle Fletcher's issues, I'm excited to finally get this build. Hopefully they figure it out soon because, I mean, we still have some time. We have pretty much a month until uh, Supercard of Honor. And I hope within that time, 
with that we get the build to this because I'm I'm ready for Kyle Fletcher and Ethan Page. And this promo continues to have me invested in the storyline, even with all the, sh- you know, shenanigans happening back behind the scenes. It's true. And speaking of shenanigans, we move on to our spot fest of the night, which wasn't put in the main event. I was actually very happy. This was like midway through the night, if not right before, as we had our four way survival match. A.R. Fox versus Matt Seidel versus Commander versus my MVP of this match, Exodus Prime. Where has this guy been? I don't know, but I'm so behind him already. He had a great showing for his debut match. Um, I was kind of I was kind of gassed during this match because of the the Robin Renegade and Billy Starks match. But I thought this was really good. There was a couple moments where I got scared because Commander got spiked on his head with that reverse power slam. That did not he come did. out clean, but he seemed to be okay. Like he recovered and still was able to to win the match. But Ar Fox is so impressive whenever he's in the ring. This was just a really really good match. Another one like. They've delivered on every match so far tonight, with the exception of the uh, Charisma Black Hole match. Which luckily this we went in second. Yeah. This is fantastic. This was fantastic. And I appreciate that we can have the spot fest and not overshadow what was our real main event because I'm like, come on. You cannot have what we got for our main event in the main event spot. I'm a big fan of Commander and AR Fox and Matt Seidel just in general, but I agree with you, John. I think. Exodus Prime, I was just like, where has this person been? And where can I immediately follow them and become a big fan? Like, where can I check out their work? Because this was awesome. Can we give him the Lee Johnson push? <laughs> well, I don't know if we want to do that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it, he might go somewhere. That, who knows? I mean, even pushing him an inch is a lot more than what Lee Johnson's getting, honestly. The other part is we didn't have Commander lose. He won this match and got the pin. So I mean, I mean it's Ring of this- Honor. They actually let Luchadors win sometimes. It's crazy, right? Go. Surprisingly so. They had to make up for Sonico losing to Lee Johnson. So um, we move on then to another amazing promo by Billy Starks. I will say from, an, from this is my only nitpick of this, is that Billy had a couple times in her last line where she could have ended on a very strong note performance-wise, but she then trailed into a couple more words, like explaining what she had meant, but didn't need, she could have landed. I, I didn't write down specifically what it was, but like she had a good like ending beat. And then she took a breath and like said four more words. that kind of just pulled the power out of it. But I feel like she's still getting there. She's understanding what she needs to do. She'll get better. Then as she goes along. I would agree. There are, there are certain moments where I was like, Oh, that was good. And then you, you kind of kneecapped your sentence there. Yeah. But as she does these promos more, they're going to get better. And, and I fully believe that. I do like how she had to go online and clarify what she meant by she's she's young and dumb still. Um, and again, by all means, go ahead and go look that up. But I thought this was a good promo. It was amazing. Especially for Billy, who doesn't, at least to my memory and, and recollection, doesn't do a whole lot of promos. I kind of have to disagree with the two of you in the sense that I think adding those little extra words at the end, I think adds a little bit of a rough around the edges type of feel for Billy. Granted, we have to remember she is 19. So the age does come into this. And the promo skills is definitely something that could always be worked on. I mean, that's something that any wrestler can work on. But I think because of the presentation that we've gotten with Billy post losing her match against Athena at final battle, and just the, where we have gone with them after the fact, now that they're this cohesive unit, and Athena is actually enjoying being Minion Overlord, between 
over Billy and Lexi, which, by the way, Lexi was well, not. Fine. Yeah, Lexi, it was crazy. Lexi was very sparse this episode. I was like, that's a downgrade. I need more Lexi on my television screen. I, you want to you know what my kayfabe to that was in my head? Mm. She's babysitting Dalton Castle. Oh, my gosh. Actually, the, we come back. It's like, Lexi, where have you? <laughs> Renee's like, Lexi, where have you been? Where do you think I've been? We hear Dalton Castle yelling, crying in the background. I need warm cheese. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But I didn't necessarily mind the extra breath with the extra words at the end because I'm like, it kind of adds to the rough around the edges. She is going to get better. She isn't going to own her craft. But let's be completely oh, honest. Crap. She is miles ahead of even some of the people who have been doing this for a very, very long time. Yes, the seasoned individuals. And uh, mm-hmm. good, good pun there on craft after talking about Dalton Castle. But You're very welcome. We move on to un- pretty much this was also my match of the night. This was Same here. spectacularly well done. Nyla Rhodes taking on Athena for the, the Ring of Honor Women's Championship in a two out of three tables match, uh, false tables match. I love this twist on the stipulation. I love two out of three false tables matches. It's my new favorite match. It was a quick start. The only word that I wrote down for how this match started, at least the first six minutes, was it was savage, pure savagery, and and not the Iron Savages. Um, but this was just fantastic. We had a choke slam on the apron. We had a power bomb on the apron. We had a quick first fall going through the table. Um, Athena, just this whole match, she's getting picked apart, which we have yeah. not seen in her 544-ish day reign. And it was strange to see but in like the best possible way of this is something new and unique to the situation Um, the closest we've seen was willow did this at uh the last final battle before the first one because again it's the larger wrestler taking on athena can do that but she's been on top of everything else you're right i mean this was just it was a 10 it was my second match of the night beautifully done there was there was two spots that i absolutely loved first off Nyla Rose playing in the guy on the crowd's long beard, like sticking her head under and come out of it. Long so now beard I, have beard, I have new beard goals. So I'm not just because if we get, you know, seats right there, I want, I, I wouldn't mind that happening. Um, You're going to hold the sign, Nyla, please go in my beard. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that has okay. so many innuendos. I love it. <laughs> no, better off. We'll just dye the words into the beard since it'll be that long. Like it's well, Naomi style. slash Trinity and have your name exactly. in your hair. <laughs> Nyla, I'm your beard. Yeah. <laughs> Again, there are so many ways we can go. That's good. You know well, what? I, I'm making it I official. Thought, it's on a t-shirt I, now. I thought, and I got really excited and then like slightly disappointed because I jumped to the end, but this is not a choose your own adventure book. So I have to enjoy the ride, but there's on the end at the post, there's a table in the ring. There's a table out. I'm like, are they going to do a double switch? Are we going to get a simultaneous third fall? And that's what extends this into Supercard of Honor. And I was there for it. And then it didn't happen. So part of me is disappointed, but I still love the ending of the match. So yes. oh, again, yeah. this is a 10 for me. Second match of the night. Absolutely fantastic. Yes. This was fantastic. Now, let me take you on a journey because this to me was also. An- I don't have- Caitlin, can you sign my permission slip as a journey? <laughs> She said no. Dang. Well, too bad. We're going on in anyways. Okay. I'm Luckily, I'm wearing my journey pants. All right. So now I'm going to talk in a very bad accent, as Kenny. Got Professor Mikey. So today, we are going... To... So, 
I thought this match was super fantastic. I loved it a lot. Again, this is my third match of the night. I'm allowed to have more than one because it was this episode was that good for Ring of Honor. But what really pushed it over the edge a little bit as like the number one match of the night for me was the fact that with stipulations like table matches, you need to be very mindful of how you set up certain spots and how you transition into those spots as well. Pacing needs to be a thing that needs to be thought of. And most companies don't do that. They're just like table after table after table, which is cool and everything. Cause you know, I love a propensity for violence. That's like my jam. Mike, you just, you just love wood. Mahogany is my favorite apparently. Um, so, but to me, this was a beautiful journey and a very well-structured, well-paced three act structure of this. You had the quick win from Nyla who, Athena thought she could get away with getting on the apron. And Nyla's like, nah, bam, into the table. Fall number one. Then we get the middle part to where the rising action is happening. Because then they go back and forth. It's a little more even. We get a little bit, a couple more minutes until the next fall. Athena counters. Nyla beautifully falls into the table after getting, like, domed across the face, which was great. And then everything just hit the fan. Athena tries to pick up Nyla and... Doesn't work. Nyla and Athena continue to do anything and everything. And then Athena's just like, I have a power up now. Just grabs Nyla Rose and just <laughs> down into the table for the third one. And I'm just like, this is a beautiful carnage of violence and beauty. And this to me was my number one match of the night because this is how you can do stipulation matches from a booking and a writing perspective and pace it out very, very well. And the tables were actually used pretty methodically and they were used in a way that makes sense because half the time when we get stipulation matches like this, you have a whole bunch of stuff set up or out there. And then most of the time there's left standing. Nobody went to go use it for whatever reason, which was stupid. But whoever, whoever, you know, helped with the pacing of this, whoever kind of produced this, if you will, hats off to you. And then of course, Athena versus Nyla. Both of you did fantastic. Nyla, I'm still waiting for a response of where you got your stuff from last week where it just says hat, shirt, <laughs> jacket, because I am rolling up to this convention in May wearing this stuff too. I got to figure out, I got to get my fit together, but... I feel like it's an Omega Mart product. It got to be. But this was fantastic. I cannot speak highly enough of both women, and I kind of want to see a rematch, but something crazier at <laughs> Supercard of Honor. So you've heard it here, folks. Mikey's going to be wearing that. He has guaranteed he's going to have all that merch. So come see it at WrestleCon. <laughs> I, I will say this as well. Th this is my, my final thought on this match. Innovation in wrestling, especially nowadays, is tough to do where you're not going to injure somebody, damage something, or go to a point that you're going to be end ending, up ending someone's life, basically, is where we're at with a lot of the wrestling stunts we can do. To take two tape, two types of matches and smash them together in such a way that works flawlessly and also has the danger, real life danger, of the fact that you're working with a prop that is notorious for either not breaking or breaking before it's supposed to. And because it's a tables match, allow you to change the outcome or where the falls fall in this. That is ballsy. That is extremely brave to try this type of thing out as a two out of three falls match. So I applaud innovation in my wrestling, and the only place I'm seeing it is Ring of Honor. So if you haven't already that, you should be seeing it there. Gentlemen, 
this was quite the evening of watching wrestling. I would love to know what your empanada scale would be for this. What are you rating tonight's match? We'll start with Mikey. We'll go to me, and then I want to go to Jesse because I have a feeling this is going to be an interesting type of uh, rating system here. Mikey? I'm going with a 9.5 on this one. It's the same reasons that I gave last week's a very high score, too. The women were front and center for pretty much the whole entire episode. And I dare all the naysayers to tell me where women are being utilized and where we're getting lots of women's matches in one week. I dare you to show me because it ain't going to be happening. But again, me being a big women's wrestling fan and me loving all of the women's wrestlers just across all the promotions, they all did fantastic. The Four Corners match was really, really fun. I even enjoyed the Anthony Henry and Ethan Page match for what it was. Danhausen was just amazing. And I got to give Brandon Cutler and Colt Cabana some kudos too because the three of them together are just fantastic. And you could tell these are just three friends having a good time in a wrestling ring. It is so fantastic. My only nitpick is the Lee Johnson-Sonico match because it didn't necessarily need to be there. If I'm being completely honest, I feel that if we took that match out, I would have gave this a 10 out of 10 for me. This is what I expect for my Ring of Honor on a weekly basis. I want good wrestling. You showcase your women's division, which is the best. I'm going to say it within the AEW Ring of Honor multiverse, the ROH women's division is the best roster you have between that and what you have on AEW. There's no shade to the women on it. AEW, but I may be looking to see if I can potentially make my way down to Ring of Honor for maybe a couple months or so. Also, I'm hoping after this match, Nyla Rose doesn't doesn't go back to AEW. I want her to stay in Ring of Honor. Jerry Lynn, Maria Kanellis, and Stokely Hathaway, do not let her go back to AEW, please. You need another resident monster, that's what you get. Before Jesse goes, I was also very high on this. I gave it a 9.4. This was amazing. It was structured well. It flowed well. It had one minor bump out of everything in here. Everything else felt like it needed to be there. Give me more of this. Jesse? So you two remember last week that I gave it a historically high value, which is not normal for me. I'm usually a pretty hard, pretty hard when it comes to grading these things. So a little bit, a little bit of history. Okay. So when I was a child, I was a dreamer. I dreamed of glory. I dreamed of a nice house on top of a hill with a white picket fence going all the way around. I dreamed of, of happiness, just basic happiness. And then I woke up and I realized that I was still stuck in this prison of this rotten world, just like the rest of you. But then we got last week and we got this week's program with production and the matches that seemed higher than it's been in months we had storylines continue a tournament with matches that actually make sense and work out well we had lee no we don't need to conclude that that's my only backtrack of the night i'm giving this a 9.25 which is the highest i've ever given an roh rating it's higher than last week i want to continue doing it and that's without having the righteous without having the Iron Savages without having Dalton Castle. Three of my favorites, because I still, it's now head canon that Lexi was babysitting him and they couldn't get to the show on time because I'm going to think that Dalton got stuck in a cozy coop while eating cheese and that's where, you know, they got stuck last week. So, 
9.25, amazing. I would love to see this continue. I'm very excited to watch the women's uh, tournament continue. Well, that has been Ring of Honor for us this week. You know, everyone out there in BC WrestlePod, you're watching this for us. You're watching this to get our opinions. We're telling you, watch the show. Get our opinions, but watch the show for yourself. You need to give that to yourself because it'll help you understand what wrestling can be. I am so grateful that I got to watch this today, not only because I got to share it with you out there in BC WrestlePod uh, fandom, but also because Mikey, Jesse, I got to see you today, and I got to talk the day after about this amazing show. So thank you for being here with us. Code of Honor has been observed. Gentlemen, we love you very much. And remember, out there in BC WrestlePod land, you're Biconic. And we are all Biconic together, and we'll see you in the next video. Adios. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Vibe Tribe production. What's going to happen next time? Well, you're going to have to tune in to find out. But until then, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, make sure that you keep the good times rolling. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>